real freedom is without conditions. Mm. There shouldn't be a condition that is need to be met for us to find that internal freedom, that real freedom does come from within. And that's where you have people like Viktor Frankl, who was living in the internment camps during World War II and talk about oppression. Yet he found his meaning. He found his freedom in the deep horrors of that experience. So it's like going back to this kind of Buddhist way of thinking. It's like, if we're always having an attachment to how things need to be this way or that way, even like, you know, is it about me feeling happy? Is that what freedom is an internal state that I'm attached to or an external condition that I'm attached to? It's not really freedom then. True freedom comes from within. Hi, everybody, and welcome to the Sovereign States of Mind podcast, where we explore what it means to reclaim authority over our own lives. My name is Jordan Herbs, and I'm excited to have you along for the ride. I believe developing our own independent ways of thinking and being in this life is the first step to exploring the potential experience we can have during our short time on this earth. My intention with this podcast is to have the conversations that help you realize that true freedom comes from within. For your convenience, this podcast is available on all major podcasting platforms. So head over to your favorite app and give us a subscribe and follow there. And you can be notified when there's new episodes. We also appreciate nice reviews if you like what you hear. And SovereignStatesOfMind.com offers an option to be notified by email when there is a new episode, or even if you're interested in the content but not quite sure you have the time to invest in listening to an hour-long conversation, we do sum up the episodes pretty in-depth in that weekly email. So that's at SovereignStatesOfMind.com. Just pop in your email. We'll only use that email to send you updates from what's going on with the show. So without further ado, let's get into this episode. sovereign states of mind. I think a lot of channeling creativity, if I'm going to be honest, has a lot to do for me with getting to the place where I'm prepared enough to channel. Like I can, I can listen and tune in. And usually that requires me to not do certain things, not get distracted, not get into patterns that don't really help me out. And if I'm in that place where I'm not trying to get hits from social media or, or, or sugar or um, staying up late at night. Well, actually, at certain times it's, it's favorable. But <laughs> if I like take time to just hang out in nature, I take away a lot of my blocks and I'm just left with myself. And when I'm just me, I notice that I, I'm ready to go. I'm ready to learn. I'm ready to uh, dive in deep. I'm ready in so many different ways to, to handle whatever the next step is. And I think creativity and, and learning are, are kind of hand in hand. I think creativity is a special type of learning where you're learning from a little bit from the other world, a little bit from all your past, a little bit from your environment. And you're just this, this focus point, this, this little funnel on this green earth to just bring all these energies together in, into your work. Mm. I think it's a lot of it for me has to do with getting out of my own way, out of the way of, of everything. Huge. Yeah. And it's almost like this separation of who am I? Because there's the eye that creates and then there's right. the eye that gets distracted. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> 
there's a sense to me of <clears throat> connecting the dots. Um, like we have these just like neurons spread up across our brain. You know, the more connections we have, the more we can understand it. So there's a certain amount of we can explore creativity by learning more things and then we can expand upon those dots of connection. Uh, there's also the danger of becoming too rigid and too much in a groove that you can't get out of. This is the education. This is the way it is. This is all the information. And there's nothing beyond that. So creativity, um, you know, a lot of our creativity in the scientific world is, is trial and error. <laughs> we do things, we fail and we're like, oh, this is how we do it. Yeah. So it's really yeah. interesting how so many mistakes have like are viewed as like creative genius, but it's just connecting the dots in a sense. It's so, also interesting how we like create programming around failures. <laughs> you know, that's like the ultimate yeah. from this perspective, it's the ultimate creative uh, aspiration yeah. <laughs> is to fail because <laughs> you're journeying into the unknown. Yeah. Uh, yeah, a, a lot of my things, even culinary world, you know, so I'm like making my my mushroom tinctures. Well, I, I cooked this mushroom too, too long and it's normally like a conch that you can't eat. Well, suddenly it became like edible. Oh. <laughs> it's like, oh, now I got mushroom jerky that nobody's ever made before. <laughs> so it looks creative, but it's just playing around with the elements um, mm -hmm. and having that space to be able to do that, to be able to play around with the elements and then... Mm -hmm. It is channeling something through you. Um, at, at the same time, it, it's oftentimes based upon our our points of connection of, of information mm. and being and just like all the famous scientists and people, whatever they're doing, they're going in their own route, learning all their stuff. And then that aha moment where they can skip like what's known into that creative potential and then do the. Um, the tests, you know, to, to, to test the hypothesis and there's, there's truth to it. So, right. um, it's a lot of persistence in creativity just being present as much as possible. I'd say being present and being open. Mm -hmm. That's what I'm really like reflecting on as I listen to both of you. And I think about my own experiences and sometimes creativity is so in the mind for me and I'm a writer and my background in psychology, like there's a lot of focus on analysis and, and thinking and uh, writing and creativity with words and also there's times with singing where it's really about like no mind and really like if I'm channeling and sound healing getting the mind out of the picture so I'm just in this energy but either way it's it's like an openness that is needed um to allow whatever creativity there is to come through. And I hear that too with what you're saying about science had me thinking about uh, like finding LSD, <laughs> right? Like that was like a mistake. That was kind of a failure, but like also it required this openness for him to be like, I'm going to try this, I'm gonna try <laughs> right? I'm going to try this fungus and see what happens. And wow, he found out, you know? And so, <laughs> and then all the people that have journeyed with LSD since then, I mean, that's one of the huge benefits of creativity that it brings is oh, yeah. the openness of mind. Um, the releasing of mind, you know, I find yeah. like getting into dance is such a powerful way for me to get into a creative space. And part of that is because I'm getting deep in my body, deep in my heart, deep in my energy and out of my mind. Mm -hmm. 
that's it. And and for me, that's what, what that's what my answer is: is the body. The body is how I channel my creativity. Mm. Every day I have some sort of a yoga practice. Uh, I used to be a weightlifter. I used to like quantifying the progress. Mm. And to an extent, maybe I still would because I haven't done it in a long time. Mm. But I always know like I'm ready for the day. A day where I'm free to be myself, right? And create and explore and make mistakes. Maybe that's not every day because there's like work to be done or something like that. But once I hit this... They call it samadhi. Once I hit just this, this pure relaxation of just like I can let go of my mind, I can just be me. And then suddenly my body feels free, not just physically and like my spine feels open, but things just flow and I can talk and I can draw and I can move and whatever the creativity wants to manifest as it comes out and it's just like a free flowing, free flowing process. So for me, it's definitely the body tune into the body and the body is the creativity i mean that's how we create is with the body that's the tool that's the interface for reality yeah i think we get blocked off by just the mundaneness of life and that in itself just kind of removing that uh burden allows the creativity to flow and you know our our civilization kind of naturally drives it out of us with the nine to five work day and having to to, to do so much um it's it's the kind of the byproduct of civilization lack of creativity and as soon as we can kind of get away from that a little bit the juices again just start flowing so it's something in my life where i've had the ability to just get up and travel and move a lot and so that's actually helped shake up my creative process quite a bit just being able to get out of the mundane aspects of regular living just Mm -hmm. go somewhere else the juices naturally start flowing Mm -hmm. and for me that's always been really inspiring does, does that relate to, to personal sovereignty? Absolutely. You know, it all relates to uh, awareness, you mm. know, and it's like the root of sovereignty is the root of our own awareness. And what do we see and, and what do we see our place in this world relative to everything else? And that's the, the knowing thyself thing. Um, and so being able to travel um, in the way I did, a lot of hitchhiking around, um, you know, makes you think of that Janis Joplin song, Freedom's Just Another Word for Nothing Left to Lose, that I don't think I ever really understood it until I was hitchhiking on the road with nothing. <laughs> mm-hmm. I was like, okay, so, mm-hmm. you know, the less you have, the less you have obligations to, to take care of, in a sense, and the more you get to reflect on who you are and yourself. And that was a really nice thing about traveling, too, because there's lots of in-between time. So you have, like, this reflection time. You got time to pick up a book in those days, you know, and read something in between. And this kind of continual process was something I told a lot of people over the years, travel, read, reflect, travel, read and reflect, and you kind of get a lot of different perspectives. In real life, you get like, fig, you know, reading in a book isn't the actual experience of it. So you, you can't kind of quantify it the same way as you do in real life when you get out there and you experience things. So those things to me all kind of relate together Bob Marley said if you're not happy travel wide (laughs) could I ask you guys to take that mic out and just hold it pass it back and forth because I'm looking at the audio levels up there and one day I'll have a producer in here that can take care of this but I'm hosting producing and I see oh the audio is not not uh, optimal here okay yeah I remember I've been writing a little memoir about it in, in this book I'm working on about my time hitchhiking aimlessly through Europe 
And I, I had a vague destination. I had friends to see, but just the act of letting go. I like left my laptop with a friend and then I just left. And I had a, I had my accordion and a backpack and I just hitchhiked for like two and a half, three months. And I never knew I was going to sleep that night. I never knew what was going to happen. I wrote so much in my journal and diary. I learned so much about myself. I ended up at a rainbow gathering, like the, the continental group and changed my life catalyst for everything. And that was all just because I was hitchhiking aimlessly without a plan. And you're more open to connecting with people. And that I feel is like, the when you're that free i don't know how else to experience that kind of freedom because i know exactly what you're talking about arrow and i feel it i'm getting goosebumps thinking about it <laughs> it is just the complete freedom it's just hitchhiking without a destination just knowing that like you're in the travel process yeah yeah for sure there's a time where me and um and three other buddies we we bicycled we did a bicycle tour from new york to chicago they they kept going but it was that that it hit me one time when uh leonid donister uh, I, I just really really appreciate him so shout out leonid he just said yeah i'm just gonna i'm gonna work on my bike and he took like an hour to work on his bike and i was like oh there's nowhere to go it's it's here and now and the best part of that bicycle tour was um was was the buddies I, I bike rode with. But ready, here's the catch. Every single town we went to, we were like magnets. All of a sudden, people wanted to house us. They wanted to feed us. There's like a, 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 like a tornado watch coming in. And this mom in her son's uh, pickup truck, right? It was blasting Jay-Z because she didn't understand how to... Uh, work the dials right so it's this like midwestern town she's busting big pimpin and she's like come on boys and you can see the super dark clouds all over and it's like it it just hit me like there is something about the state of like just pure freedom that openness that just super deliciously in touch with life right and um i think it's the ultimate embodiment of creativity being free in that regard you love it I, well i don't see how else you can be that free how you can embody freedom like that state where i can go anywhere i want i have nowhere to be yeah uh and i know i'll be fully taken care of with food with shelter with whatever comes my way yeah and it tests you as well. I'm I'm gonna challenge you, Jordan. I'm gonna say it's also like the opposite. It's like awesome. when you fully I've experienced it when I've fully focused and did nothing else for four four weeks into six weeks into eight weeks working like 16, 18 hour days. Slow and chill the whole time. I just loved it. I just did nothing but work. I was in a state of just pure focus, ridding myself of anything else, only res only like responsibilities, and I, I hit the state. It's like gold dropping from the heavens onto your heart, and it's just moving right through you. Mm. And everything you touch is 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 so much more precious. Mm. There's something about a mindset of just very long deep focus on on something that I, I wish everyone to experience loud and clear but it, it's it's almost like it's the extremes right it's either 
all in or or just completely nothing that has has this super magical power maybe it's two sides of the same coin Mm -hmm. and what i was referencing is like maybe the physical freedom of like just being a physical being and moving uh, whereas if you're experiencing the opposite of physical freedom, then you're experiencing the the freedom that comes from within, which is what the slogan of this show is. So, yeah, <laughs> you're right. You caught me there. What? But literally that time in my life is what catalyzed me into realizing that I can be sovereign over my time, mm-hmm. over everything. It's all just how I decide to go about it. And that's why. I'm passionate about hitchhiking yeah <laughs> without a destination <laughs> and not knowing where you're gonna sleep my mom always was like jordan like how long are you gonna do this for <laughs> I, i'm curious what alicia has to say yeah you know i can't help but think about how you guys are talking about hitchhiking <laughs> and as a female-bodied person that would be a very different experience for me you know um and so I'm also just thinking about how there's so many people in the world that don't have the access to that level of diving into a comfort of having an untethered life um, for a variety of reasons. You know, even if people have kids or um, if they've experienced intense trauma, um, if they have a disability, there's lots of reasons why they couldn't do that. But does that mean they can't experience a higher form of freedom? And I think that's where we're getting to what you're talking about, that essentially real freedom is without conditions. Mm. There shouldn't be a condition that is need to be met for us to find that internal freedom, that real freedom does come from within. And that's where you have people like Viktor Frankl, who was living in the internment camps during World War II and talk about oppression Yet he found his meaning. He found his freedom in the deep horrors of that experience. So it's like going back to this kind of Buddhist way of thinking. It's like if we're always having an attachment to how things need to be this way or that way, even like, you know, is it about me feeling happy? Is that what freedom is? An internal state that I'm attached to or an external condition that I'm attached to? It's not really freedom then. Now, I'm not saying I have that all figured out, but <laughs> that's what makes sense to me, you know? It makes a lot of sense the way you put it that way. Real quick, I just want to say I did meet many solo female bodied travelers in, in my time, and they <laughs> kick ass. I remember, I forget her name, but she had a blog. She hitchhiked from London down to South Africa alone wow. and had a blog about it. And yeah. so, I mean, there's risks everywhere for sure. But there's definitely people out there doing like incredible things. I know someone personally who lived like deep off grid in Kauai as a woman, like living naked with like other men. Like we have to hike days to get to this whole area and did that for years. So I know it happens. I know it happens for sure. All kinds of people. But yeah, just bringing in that bigger picture too that for many different reasons that's not going to be a path for everyone i've been like learning to market myself on twitter or like just try to like start like building an audience right like what do i have to say and one of the things you do is you go into other big twitter accounts and you see their posts and you try to get an early comment in provide value to the thread 
So what I find myself doing is I all these like holistic psychologists with thousands and thousands of followers, I'll just throw in a comment about, I don't know, boundaries or something that has to do with what I how I see things with sovereignty. And then like people will start following me because that's like along the lines of why they're following that person. But I find that trauma healing seems to be a huge uh, intersection, a cross section of a lot of this sovereignty minded uh, individuals or people on that journey. And I guess people like us standing here where we have a definition in our head and we it's a practice, but the healing of trauma. I mean, I would argue that that hitchhiking session for me is what healed a lot of trauma just to be able to jump in like trauma from having to go to fucking school every day, you know, and then work and like losing however many years of my life to I think that's pretty traumatizing. Yeah. Well, yeah, for sure. I got to say something about that. Yeah. So as a as a mental health therapist and a trauma specialist, I do want to just say that sometimes like in the society, there's such a focus on trauma now. Like you said, it's blowing up like everyone's talking about trauma. Is it? Oh, oh, it? people all over the place be talking about trauma. Gen Z, they're like trauma, trauma, trauma. Oh, it's... I thought it was just because we lived here. <laughs> <laughs> I think, you know, we live in a particular culture here that has maybe like a heightened perspective on it, too. But it's it's a growing awareness within the collective around trauma. And sometimes people are saying like, that was so traumatic, but really like the core definition of trauma is that there's some kind of threat to your life, to your existence. And so I feel you like the experience, the hardship of like being stuck in this like grind in this like mechanized society of like having to work and having to go to school. Like that is something that kills our soul. But I wouldn't necessarily say it's trauma in terms of the way that it impacts the nervous system, the brain, the memory, the psychology and spirit. OK, what about this? <laughs> High school football coaches. When before you're 14, whatever it is, and you go to high school football, when did anyone ever have permission to yell at you like you were less than a fucking bug? I remember our coaches yelling at us like we were worthless humans. And yeah, I hear you. It's maybe it's not traumatizing in the true sense of the word, but it creates some kind of conditioning from then on out. That I would say could be a, what we call like a little T trauma where it's like a verbal abuse and it's an emotional trauma. And that does have a lasting impact because it's a threat to our safety of belonging at that level. And that is deep within our whole makeup as spiritual beings, but also as human beings, as mammalian beings, we need to belong. So threats to that count. That's a little T trauma. Hmm. I would argue that most of the birthing process and medical system inflicts gross amounts of trauma that we pretty much all have, you know, unless you had a perfect in utero and, a you know, home birth, something like that. I, I think that most people, uh, have trauma inflicted on them way beyond their even awareness. I have a different theory on that. Just something I've thought over the years since we had our first child. I think it doesn't matter how your birth was. You, it's traumatic coming out of the womb. Yeah. You're going from everything, <laughs> uh, nothing all at once to, holy shit, I'm in a body. Yeah. Totally. <laughs> now there's for the mother, it's a different story. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, there's, there's a lot of research on that showing um, Stan Groff in particular. Uh, with the holotrophic breathwork showing how a lot of um, our traumas are created uh, at those times and even being able to trace weird 
uh, fetishes that people have to like, you're going down the birth canal and there's shit all over. And now they're like, have this weird shit fetish or something like that. You know, there's been a lot of oh things like that, that just show where people got the, these weird things that we didn't really come to terms with. And, and it is all about trauma. It, really, it all is. It's how we create everything we want to do. We want to be what we love, be close to what we love. And we want to push away that which, you know, makes us uneasy. So that kind of um, creates our whole life and whatever experiences we had as a child. And um, at the same time, you know, two people can experience much of the exact same thing, but they'll respond to it differently. Yeah. So some people will get all hung up on all their trauma and just say, oh, this is me. It's, it's always going to be me. I'm never going to be able to break away from this. Other people are going to search out ways of escaping that. And I certainly for me, hitchhiking was a part of that, too. For me, it was very much a, a a visceral response to seeing the the pyramid scheme going on in society, and mm-hmm. you know the powers that be that were manipulating so much. And so, being able to break away from that and travel around and not pay taxes for twenty years was like the greatest thing that you know healed my soul. <laughs> not everybody needs to do that, but like to me, to be able to escape that is like. I needed that, you mm-hmm. know, and some people need to feel that freedom more than others. Um, being out here, this is what I needed right now, you know, being out in, in this this island. Yeah. Um, at the same time, if I was stuck somewhere else, I would either have to find that freedom from within, you know, whatever circumstances I'm going through. Or, you know, people get depressed and slowly kill themselves one way or another. I got a question. So what, what we're circling around it. I I really like where we're going, but what is the relationship with, I'm going to call it blocks and, and creativity. Like what are your ways of either transforming, going into it, uh, handling the experience of feeling super blocked? I'm so curious. What, what are you guys doing? Jordan, do you want to start first? I can start first. Yeah. I love having Stefano here because it kind of like guides us too. I'm like, all right, sweet. <laughs> um, blocks. My first go-to is a yoga practice. I can't meditate before yoga. Back in the body. Back to the body. Yeah. Let's simplify it. Back to the body. Yeah. Yeah. I agree with that. Yeah. <laughs> Great. Thank you. A hundred percent. It's about getting back in the body. That's what I find too personally. And all the research again on trauma talks about that too, <laughs> about the importance of getting back in the body. If we want to change what's happening for us and like blocks tend to be mental would be something I would put out there. I'd be mm-hmm. curious to hear what else you might say, but maybe that's where we like readily experience them. So body a hundred percent. Yeah. A similar vein. Uh, me getting out into nature always does it because it is so much a mental thing. My brain stuck on repeat. I can't let go of something, but just moving the body, getting a little bit of physical, but also immersing myself in nature for sure. Um, it, it's doing something different. I don't know if any of you guys know about Gurdjieff, uh, Georges Ivanovich Gurdjieff. He's one of my favorite people in history. Um, but he came up with, um, he brought the Enneagram back to mainstream society and uh, the fourth way is a lot of his his teachings. But he had these kind of mystery schools all over from Russia all the way to Morocco. Um, always teaching people um, Sufi dances and stuff like that. And a big part of it was the body and was moving the body. And he said, we do these very rigid 
things every day. We do the same thing. We take the same way to work. We walk the same path. We eat the same foods. How do we expect to be creative <laughs> when we're doing the same things every single day? Yeah. So like, just take a different way to work sometime. Just like hold things differently. And so they had a lot of focus on doing like weird body movements that you wouldn't really get used to. You wouldn't do it normally. You know, you move like your right hand and leg at the same time up and down. It's not like an emotion we normally move. So he had all these ways of breaking people free of this rigid thinking, these rigid motions by group movement. Um, and so that was a really powerful thing that I've seen helps people. Yeah. I, I have something to add as well. Two things. One is along the lines of movement is breath work. And so like Osho, Bhagwan stuff, it was like, do all this heavy breath of fire. <laughs> and then you're essentially like in a hallucination state of catharsis moving and letting out all this stuff from your body. Uh, and it feels really good after you sink into just like this deep relaxation. Uh, the second thing do you do, you do those by yourself. Yeah. Yeah. You literally I used to share them. I used to have my own, like, yeah, you're all about it. Oh, I had a phase. Oh, my parents, my family, my friends, <laughs> everyone was like, Jordan, Jordan, Jordan. Cause, uh, Cause it was like this spiritual orgasm stuff. It was like, uh, I was really into it. And, uh, you know, you could do it on your own in the bedroom and prop your heart open <laughs> you do the breath work, you, you dance around for a bit. Uh, yeah, I had it down to a T, but, uh, and the second thing it's, uh, on a bigger scale of blockages, not like a day to day, but you're like, okay, this phase of my life feeling like it's over, it's stagnating, but like, how do I move forward? Right. And I think a lot of times that will come naturally. If you're open, your creative channels are open just with the seasons, it'll start to flow into new phases, but learning new skills alongside a new way of moving your body. Ooh. Cause this will, make new neural pathways i don't know exactly how to talk about the scientific part of it but but it's true because i've tried it i've done it so many times and i take that from uh, cameron shane and the budokan practice okay is uh when we did that teacher training you're learning how to spin your body in all these new ways and it's really therapeutic for your spine but along alongside that happening is your brain is learning the what is it called the neuromuscular connection yeah. the, that relationship is being refined so while you're doing that physical practice learn new philosophies learn new skills whatever Ooh. it is and that helps uh i guess integrate them into uh, your your fit your being okay very good that that's helping me remember like i i would do that all the time as a kid mm -hmm. right yeah. <laughs> it's like just oh i could do it like this <laughs> hanging out at the supermarket online and, and just like taking my time to only move one side of my body your and, and like my mom feeling like a little embarrassed but he's just a kid and i'm just gonna look the other way i was just jumping so, into the in the squares of the tile oh the yeah oh yeah wow everyone's lighting up so there's also like a relationship with with childhood yeah creativity play, play movement play. um on the on the neuromuscular movement it's just you're repeating a certain movement over and over again you're doing it in a group uh well this was like a zoom teacher training because it was during the lockdown so uh, i was all okay alone. yeah yeah because i'm also like the attention and environment I think is also another thing and I get snapshots right the 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 hitchhiking wide open by yourself but also in full exposure full full exposure and then like times in nature just it could be in solitude 
usually. Yeah. yeah. It needed to be. Yeah. 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 And I hear you going back into your body. Uh, you're, you're doing uh, certain practices. Uh, is it Alicia or Alicia? Alicia. Alicia. Thank yeah, you. Thanks for asking. Yeah. Um, yeah. Going back into my body that could look like yoga. Um, that could look like stretching that could look like being in nature. I do feel like just being bare feet on the ground, connecting with nature is a huge resource for getting me to be in my body. Dance though is also a really big one yeah. going on walks, um, playing with my dog, connecting with my dog and him. He's so in his body. Right. So being in my body with him and his body, these are some of my go-tos. Okay, yeah. cool. And, and dance being with your dog, there's a presence and another awareness yeah. that's that you're exposing your mind to right because usually creative practices i don't do them around people um there's too much of my mind that's so that feels vulnerable uh my practices are usually in in the quietness of night going going in um so yeah i i, I will play with attention uh i will I will put myself in situations that are kind of uncomfortable, but, um, yeah, really interesting stuff. Body, new movement, new patterns, dance, letting go around people in nature, re re reconstituting something deep within, in a timeless place. Let's expand on that a little bit. Uh, let's add to that. First off music, uh, especially playing guitar. Yeah. accordion was a little tough for me but you are you know you're a full band and you're standing up it's like a full body instrument guitar you're a little more intimate with the actual like vibrations of the music because your fingers touching the strings uh but playing guitar and singing even if it's gibberish oh powerful wow. powerful for coming back to your body uh you mentioned uh your dog kids just playing with my little ones especially when i'm a little stoned I feel like I'm I'm tuning I'm really tuning into to their to their wavelength of playing and and being and it like blows over me just like uh, approaching this little tiny being that my partner and I created and like when I'm in my body I recognize them for like just the joy the abundance of joy that they are the and love that they that they just are uh, yet when I'm more in my mind, maybe stressed out, anxious, I got things on, you know, to do, then they slowly become, I still love them. I still, to an extent, have patience with them, but they're suddenly like, not these little angels. <laughs> they're just these responsibilities. And so I find that even just how the, the presence I have to show up, uh, to my family, which is like right there. Uh, and I'm not saying like yelling at them and being an asshole if I'm not in my body, but just like seeing them for what they are, which are these just divine little creatures sent to teach me something and teach me responsibility in brand new ways. Mm -hmm. yeah. So the, the, these are two things I would add to that list. I had something to expound upon, but it's gone. Going into the music uh, drum circles for me oh, in, in so many yeah. ways, um, whether you're playing or not, if you're playing, you're more much more in the, the rhythm. Uh, it's definitely affecting your the, the brain heart connection 
Uh, it's very primal. And um, <clears throat> the other interesting thing I, I note about it is that there are like so many conflicts out there in the world. And most of the time at the drum circle, there's all this cohesion amongst so many people. And it's so amazing <laughs> to see how well we can work together, uh -huh. you know, when we're dealing with other conflicts in our lives. Mm. So that's a, a really kind of necessary part of the, the drum circles. It shows like the social healing possible and, and the cooperation that we can all put together on it and make amazing music together. So real quick, I just want to announce that video clips and highlights from this podcast and all the other ones are hosted on uh, the Family in Paradise YouTube channel. That's the YouTube channel where we, my family and I share our homesteading adventures. I figured it was a good place to pop these videos in just in case you stumble about them. Uh, along with that, what we learned from this podcast, we're excited to have you along for the ride as we learn and discover more about the world's workings uh, and how we can gain more independence. Your tips and donations are appreciated to help keep this show going. There are links in the episode notes. Uh, leaving a review on your favorite podcast directory is a great way to show some love. You can also get email updates uh, every time there's a new episode or even a blog post because we might start a blog soon. Uh, SovereignStatesOfMind.com. You can sign up it's free you can also sign up as a patron for a few dollars a month to help to support the show that's really appreciated uh and yeah this is a community endeavor i just want to say from a personal note a little vulnerability update that like uh my big journey in the this last like this year 2023 has been claiming reclaiming authority over what i do with my time for money yeah. And uh, I have always kind of played in and out of that, but I never had any kind of stable business or revenue. I just kind of, you know, played with magic <laughs> and I would, you know, the clients would come along at the right time. The, the money would come in when I needed it. But this year I decided I really want to start a business that is just me and then it can support me and my family. And there's really no other there's no other path. Uh, we talked about last week how I was applying for jobs to produce podcasts. I was applying for jobs because I have a lot of skills, couldn't find one. Part of, it was probably a lot of subconscious self-sabotage because I didn't want one. But I was like, well, I got to just surrender to what I got to do to feed my family. Uh, couldn't find the job. So finally, I was like, OK, if I'm going to eventually sell my services to clients, I should just prove that I know what I'm doing and make a project. So I started out with a few different projects. This podcast is the one that seems to be gaining the most momentum. It's making me the mo feeling feeling the most fulfilled doing. And it's really all thanks to everyone listening to this right now. You guys in here, all of you, like I, I have always had self-esteem things going on in the background and confidence and like putting my face out there. I was telling you yesterday, I'm not much for self-promoting. I don't like promoting things with my face on it. I never have. I'm working on that. So just everyone supporting the show in the way you have four, three guests here today, excited to talk. I'm like, I'm yeah. feeling really honored <laughs> and affirmed and acknowledged. Thank you. That's my moment of vulnerability. Thank you. And uh, yeah, there's been some other affirmations, which we'll get to in a little bit. But first, I want to I want to bridge this channeling creativity talk. We've covered like, OK, we get into the body, like we channel creativity, we go to nature, we clear our mind. So I have three topics here. The first one is self-satisfaction. How do we channel creativity towards contentedness of being? The second one is money. How do we channel creativity towards money? revenue, income, whatever you want to call it, that energy of money. And the third is relationships. Uh, I mentioned earlier with my kids that when I can be in my body and I am in that creative state, I can be pure 
in those relationships so close to me. So let's start with self-satisfaction, Arrow. (laughs) How does channeling creativity contribute to your feelings of knowing your life has purpose? Well, of all the things that I've done or created in my life, I would say my most valuable possessions to me are my notebooks that I've written and journaled about myself because there's nothing else that really comes close to having the same amount of value as like discovering yourself uh-huh. and just, and not only that, but being able to go back through time and like, look at your process. So like mm. there's a million possessions that have passed through my hands, but the only thing that really I feel has value are the art I've created. And that would be my writings would be a big part of that. Mm. So that's the most satisfying, you know, thing that I've been able to manifest so far. So, so that's, um, taking, taking time to reflect on and putting energy into your, your own story and getting it down on paper and, and also bringing meaning to it. Yeah. Yeah. You know, long term, it's always been in the back of my head to, you know, turn some of it into books or literature or something like that. But it's just been so nourishing for me to be able to get it down and to to write it down. And as somebody who's sometimes been kind of uh, shut down, you know, with my own words, being able to talk to people and based upon life I grew up on, you know, people didn't talk. So I didn't learn how to talk and I had to like write (laughs) stuff down to people. So it's, that's one of the reasons it's also had so much value to me specifically. Um, But yeah, just being able to figure out ways to access me, like what am I feeling? Uh, And sometimes I would say probably a lot of men in American society suffer from that more of like not being able to get into their feelings or know what's going on and just kind of reacting and seeing like what you do with those reactions and how it can affect the world around you, but not knowing what, you know, where you're coming from is going to make you be walking blind, blindly through life. So being able to express those things and seeing those things and seeing the art, the creative potential inside of us and seeing what we can do with it is inspiring for, for everybody and for the people in our lives, but most importantly for ourselves here, here. Well, I guess I'll say that um, with self-satisfaction and creativity, if I don't like it, then fuck it. Nice. Like I, I love the art that I create. And like when I create some music or a song or a video or a writing and like I find myself wanting to like go back and continue to like experience it, watch it, listen to it again and again. And then I'm just like, oh. I love it. You know, or I'm, I'm, I created like an art piece and I'm gazing at it. Like that's when I know I'm in the sweet spot. Mm. Like if I'm not enjoying the art that I create, then what's the point? You know, like if I'm creating for someone else to enjoy it, but I don't enjoy it, that energy is alive in it. And, mm. you know, I am the paintbrush, right? 
that the creative essence of the divine is like working through me to paint something. And if I'm not enjoying the product that's coming through me, then I'm not really allowing myself to be that paintbrush. So it should be this like kind of self-pleasure experience in a way to be Mm -hmm. able to like create and love what you create. If other people like it, that's great, but that's a bonus. And I find that the more that I create what I love, other people do love it and like i said that's a bonus yeah yeah Yeah. so what i'm hearing is um that you're just loving what you're creating that you're having this very special process happening for you as it's unfolding in your experience yeah that you you feel connected Mm -hmm. to it Mm -hmm. Am, am i hearing you clearly yeah i would say connected is a good word yeah yeah, feeling connected to myself, feeling connected to um, that kind of, yeah, that essence of creativity that is non-local, non-personal that moves through me and feeling connected to the creation itself. Hmm. Yeah. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Let's hear it, Stefano. For, for me? Um, okay. Self-satisfaction through creativity. Through channeling, yeah. Through channeling yeah. Creativity. creativity. Um Okay. So there's something about being prolific and just having like a giant stack. I think I was talking to you about before. That's cool. However, if we're talking specifically about creativity and self-satisfaction with creativity, it just has to do with taking time to celebrate just for celebration's sake. Like literally mm. going out in nature i usually do it on the lava and i just i just celebrate i i make as much noise for my inner stefano as much as possible and i i just i just did it i i stepped into something day after day and i just i just go out there i give it i i do like this this like dancing beatbox celebration thing right in the sun and the heat and the lava and i just bask into just into just this moment where it's it's all for you stefano you get to do whatever you want um and just really taking time out for that if i don't take time to celebrate it won't feel like i ever finish anything i i really noticed that about me it's like it's something that i actually hunger for a lot of my actions i take is really for that moment of celebration. And I just, I just skip it so many times, right? Just nothing, nothing. And I just go on to the next thing. And if I really want to take time to feel fulfilled, even in my failures, right? Even in, even in the, the prolific quantity of failures, I just, <laughs> I just take time, right? It can be anywhere from like five minutes to, to, to 40 minutes. Anytime within there, I'm just out there just celebrating myself. I don't need a reason. Just being alive. Amen. Yeah. 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 That's why I love the beach we live nearby. It's clothing optional. And I think legally it was actually de- designated as a clothing optional beach. And the only reason people get in trouble when the cops decide to come gang up on the hippies is uh, it's only if someone's offended uh, are you not allowed to be naked? If someone's offended by you being naked, interesting. So if someone's own shame projects out, like you're not allowed to be naked. Uh, but anyway, I'm, I'm there naked all the time, at least once a day. <laughs> uh, when I get there early enough in the morning, it's all just other local people, 
uh, in the neighborhood like me who just want to be naked and celebrate. Uh, yeah. just be in that water and like just be free to be naked in the water i dance around on the sand i do yoga i have a whole jungle animal locomotion workout i do and it took a long time to feel comfortable doing that especially in a place like this mm. like where everyone accepts you essentially uh, i've never been no one's ever come up to me and said hey put some pants on you know i don't like seeing you you, you know, wave your butt everywhere in your yoga. Uh, no, in fact, it's like kind of the opposite. People are like, oh, hey, cool. I love what you're doing. Uh, but I had a t tremendous amount of shame uh, that I carried with me until I finally just, yeah, I dealt with it. I did the work and now I'm comfortable pretty much at any time. If I'm ever feeling like oh, I don't feel like I'm strong enough to deal with other people's shame right now, like because the tourists are here or something, then sometimes I'll wear shorts and I'll, I'll enjoy it just as much. But yeah, I think the self-satisfaction for me is being able to be pure in my body, just like naked in my birthday suit, doing what my body wants to do in the sun, in the water. Uh, and another ultimate, uh, ultimate channeling of creativity, just through the body with no purpose. It's like yeah. catharsis. I mean, the purpose right. is just to do it and to be yeah. there with it. So the next thing is money, uh, channeling creativity to money. Would anyone like to start on that? Does anyone have any things that come to mind right away? So I'll take, I'll take it. Uh, as I've announced uh, last week and we talked about it for the second half of the podcast, some huge inspiration channeled through me uh, in the last couple weeks. And that is the first thing ever I that ha is like a product with my face on it <laughs> and like something I own, something that like uh, on the sign up form, it's like, how did you hear about this? And one of the options is Jordan wouldn't shut up about it. Like, uh, because <laughs> gonna click that box. that's the right box to click. Probably. I don't know if anyone signs up and doesn't click that box. I'll be stoked because, uh, but it's basically a four week session, like a mastermind for figuring out what your personal brand is, how it needs to be packaged to share the message you want to share and convert audience into clients, turn it into a business. I always had so much shame and I guess ethical quandaries regarding making money in this world. Uh, I stayed away from, like you, during my hitchhiking time, I was like, I don't want to do anything with money. It's war, it's taxes, it's just everything that I'm not into about the world. So I chose to be broke instead, discovered freedom, learned about Bitcoin, realized, okay, there's ways you can have money that's not all corrupted, learned about, learned about what capitalism and the free market really means. It's about providing value to others. That's all it is. Yeah. Make something that other people want and give it to them. And then you charge for it. And it's a beautiful thing. Everything's happy. Do you know where the word pay comes from? No. It comes from the Latin root of pass, peace, peace. It's what creates peace between two people. It's mm -hmm. like in the transaction. So it's like this really sacred thing for our society that no one really thinks about. Yeah. For me, it's something I've thought about for a long time because I could never figure out how to start a business or do anything because I wanted anything I shared to be from my heart. I wanted it to be from my purest creativity. And I knew that was the most valuable thing I had to offer. All the other things I tried to do were half-assed attempts. So in the last week, two weeks, I figured out what it is that I've learned from all my failures 
lots of lots of years of failures by trying to create something online and figured out a formula for packaging it and how to share it with others. And I'm super excited to share it with others. Nick is going to be part of it. Stefano is going to be a part of it. If you're interested in being part of it, check out creatorsovereignty.com. The website is currently down if you're listening to the live stream, but I'll have a fix by the time it goes up. Uh, you could also message me privately and I'll give you the link, but it explain it. If you feel like you're in a stage where you have everything and everything's ready, but the pieces just aren't together and you're trying to figure out what that friction is and the resistance, this is the program that I use myself for getting through the resistance to channel the pure creativity into something that can be a business endeavor. And this is my first one. So it's kind of like a meta, a meta project because it is a product, but it's also uh, me exploring this line of channeling creativity towards, towards money, towards that money energy, whatever we want to call it. So uh, that's what I share here with, uh, that's what I would say the first off. First thing is when you build a brand correctly, that's based on you, your face, your heart, then you can channel your purest creativity into money. And that for me is my contribution to that part of the conversation. <laughs> well, I might have to talk to you more about this later. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, my journey with money is somewhat similar where I, I remember like throwing money away. Like I didn't want anything to do with it. I'm just, I don't need it. And universe always provided for me and I was fine. And I was able to either get stuff or people gave me stuff. And it was really magical the way it all worked out. Um, I've carried this mentality probably a little bit too long though. And ah. haven't I've been realizing now how it um, affects my relationships, affects people around me. And also it's feel like I have so much to offer. There's no reason the energy that I put out shouldn't have something coming back. Mm -hmm. So um, the ways in I've made money in life, uh, pretty much cannabis and mushrooms have supported me this far. Um, plant allies. Yeah. Um, so I was able to, I felt like growing cannabis was actually very creative in a lot of ways. Mm -hmm. um, and learning to work with the garden and, and everything like that. It, it actually felt like there was a lot of room for learning things and, and the creative potential. Um, but due to the way civilization works and cops and thieves and stuff like that, it doesn't always work out. <laughs> so I never really made the money I thought I was going to. And I kind of just said, oh, it doesn't matter. Um, really, it's only in the last few months <laughs> this year where I'm like, you know what? I should really develop a new relationship with, with money, you know? And so... I've been working on that and looking at the mentalities in me that have squandered certain creative potential um, and also looking for ways that um, I can't remember exactly, but it's some kind of like Japanese thing where it's like the Venn diagram overlap of like kind of where your icky guy are. Icky guy. It's like there's like three overlapping. I think it's four. Four. It's overlapping like vocation, things. career. Mm -hmm. Uh, passion, yeah. and one other one. Maybe service, like how, like yeah. what people want. Yeah. Producer, so, pull that up. So I think I've, I think I finally found that, um, for myself, um, and it's going to be making compost tea. So oh. working with microbes and fine tuning different kinds of recipes and stuff like that, where it's, um, still feels very true. Like I'm not like 
providing crap services or doing junk stuff or just working for the man or something like that. I'm actually able to bring something into the world that not really many people are doing. It's exciting to me and it's, it's helping and healing. So that's very exciting to have found something just recently where I feel like it can have that kind of value where I'm getting paid, but also people feel like it has a lot of value when their food production blossoms. So, and it's a win-win for everyone. Yes. The Japanese concept ikigai means a reason for being. It's the intersection of what we love, what the world needs, what we can be paid for, and what we're good at. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It took me 43 years to figure that out. I'm at 35 years. <laughs> yeah. I mean, not far behind. You. <laughs> <laughs> Would you like to go? Go ahead. Um, okay. So creative process around money is just uh, to channel it into that to, uh, yeah. using creativity to channel into money. Um, it's ready looking at myself in the mirror and, and deciding mm. it's like, we're going to make, we're going to make this much money this month. And then just like, okay, why, why are you going to do that? Well, I want this in my life. I want this in my life. I was like, oh, yeah, I really want this in my life and this in my life. Okay, we're going to make this much money this month. And I really want this in my life and this in my life. Okay, where are we? Where we got to go? And then coming up with life plans, right? Like, this is the way I want to live my life energy. It would be so cool if I could live my life's energy to go through this whole special roller coaster. And and then it ends with this. Hmm. This this is my choice. I want to make this much money this month because I want this and I want this. And I, I think that is like one of the major keys for stepping into inner sovereignty is coming up, coming up with those plans. Bef, bef, and it, it takes a lot of self-trust. It takes so much self-trust and energy. And if I'm not in a creative state, I can't do it. Mm. I can't do it. I gotta, I gotta dance. I, I gotta move my body. I gotta get back to nature I, because it's like literally there's a steel plate preventing, or, or I just gotta sit with the steel plate for like three hours, four hours, and then it just explodes open and I know exactly what to do. Interesting. So it's, it's that, that's what it is. It is sitting down, getting real with myself, getting honest with myself. What do I want in my life? Why do I want it? And then, and then crafting it with all the resources in my life, a, a plan. Now, plans are good up to a certain point. I also believe in scrum, scrumming of like handling things on the fly as needs come up. But, you know, making sure I, I'm able to decide between what is a distraction, what isn't yeah. comes a lot with that. So, but that's, that's really it. And I, I think if anybody's really trying to step into a, a higher sovereignty, that that's really where it's, it starts is, is crafting, crafting your life out. Strategizing. Yeah. Yeah. Using your, your heart to strategize that that's, that's a special type of power for sure. Yeah. I really hear that. And part of me is like, Oh, <laughs> because, um, when we're talking about freedom, like one of the ways that I really like to experience freedom in my life is like to, 
you know, get to like have spaciousness to like do what I want in the moment. And like that could look like this this day or that day. And um, there's a certain level of um, like structuredness that I find I resist as much as in other ways I really like need it too. Um, but I totally hear what you're saying. And for me, what that brings up is for myself, um, a pattern that I've recognized that I'm really willing to just like be creative and like put something out there and like see what happens. And as I like look back on my professional career, but also just my career as, you know, a creative being, I guess you could say. Um, and then those things definitely intertwine, you know, I'm putting stuff out there. I'm taking risks. It doesn't always land in the way that I want it to, but I'm like continually in this process of trying. But the more that I've gotten really clear on my specific message that I'm having more strategy. And I think that's really where the structure comes in for me around how I'm directing my creative energy and my creative expressions to really fuel a specific goal and a specific goal for my work and how that meets a specific goal for the change that I want to be a part of helping to create in the world. And as I'm doing that, the more and more I've been doing that over the last few years, the more I notice um, it creating a larger impact in the lives of the people I'm working with and also feeding me more too. Mm -hmm. And I'm definitely still in a place where I'm, I'm working on that and I'm being called to up level my offerings and to be offering, um, higher level courses and things like that, rather than just focusing on one-on-one <clears throat> -on -one things that I've been doing for most of my career as a therapist and a healer. Yeah. And that is requiring me to get a little more disciplined mm -hmm. and a little more structured. And so I feel like there's that a different Venn diagram where it's like just two circles and it's, um, discipline and freedom fl flow is discipline and surrender. That, and in the middle flow. is flow. Yeah. yeah. Discipline, surrender and flow. Yeah. And yeah, I feel like there, that really encapsulates what it is to like have freedom and have creativity and make that into something that is worthwhile and tangible in the world that also feeds you yeah. monetarily. And yeah. That's what this I, I'd like to qualify something. I, I'm not, I, I just, there's a, such a, an important nuance between like coming up with a big to-do list for your month and then, and then being like, clearly outcome oriented on, on something, especially around money, which usually it, it takes a little bit of will to really call in a number and, and, and shoot for it, which calls it discipline. But the other thing that I think a lot of my past lessons overlooked was emphasizing the development of why, because that why is like the emotional fuel the emotional fuel that's going to help me get over the humps It's the emotional fuel that's going to help me soften when I think it's asking me to harden. It's that emotional fuel that, you know, is gonna, it's gonna help me cry to as into the growth that I, I need. And I will, I will literally cry as I'm like washing dishes that I don't want to do or, or whatever else, just like to internalize and teach my body that I'm like really present with it, which is like a different, which is a different type of, of, of discipline. It, Cause I'm literally teaching it like 
I'm, I'm with you and you matter. And I really, I really want you to come with me while, while we go check this thing out. Um, so it, it's that little shift and it's that like those moments of, of surrender that bring dishwashing into like a, uh, into like, into a state of flow. Cause it turns every one of those fucking dishes turns into like, you know, a, a thing, a thing, a, a meaningful thing for me to, to call in what, what I'm creating. And that's the, the fucking choice that hurts so much. It hurts so much. And I just welcome everyone into it. Like choose, choose it do whatever you got to do to come up with the emotional fuel and meaning in those super difficult moments and and touch the other side for sure so now i want to share another of the uh, important affirmations for me in the in the last couple of weeks on this podcast this show is now we have a sponsor sure. there is a sponsor now and that is like the biggest thing for me with money because suddenly I've been putting all this creative energy into this podcast for 13 episodes. And now suddenly someone wants to have their product mentioned. And it is the perfect product for this audience, I think. Uh, and it makes me feel like, okay, I'm doing something right. Like it doesn't have to be a whole lot of money. That's not the point. The point is there's, 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 a, there's a flow now. There's, an, there's a channel. There is a, there's a connection. Momentum. There's a connection now between that money energy and my creative energy. All right, let's make it wider so more can flow through. Mm -hmm. So without further ado, this episode is brought to you by Kapi Hawaii. If you're anything like me or anyone in this room, probably you see the value in entheogenic plant allies and nootropics in your everyday life because they help us remain aware of ourselves, focus on our goals and tune into optimal creative states. This is why I'm super proud to announce the first sponsor. To approach this show is a product line of copy vine microdosing lozenges from Kapi Hawaii. Kapi is a vine that has had a relationship with humans for thousands of years, hailing from the Amazon. This Kapi vine has been a supportive ally to humans in recognizing the fundamental sovereignty we have over our own consciousness. A few years ago, the Kapi vine played an important role in helping me become aware of my deep psychological tendency towards victimization in the face of hard times and the self-defeating mindsets that developed along with it over years and years. All that changed when I started working with the Kapi vine. I no longer fear taking responsibility and owning myself. These copy microdoses remind me every day of the self-growth I carry with me since those early ceremonies. They help me return to a state of basic self-connection. And it's very subtle, very subtle, but it's very real. When I'm microdosing copy, the rough around the edges feels smoothed out. My unproductive cravings are silent, and I find myself acting from an integrated state of mindful awareness. This subtleness becomes profound with time. And I think the reason I wanted to read this ad after Stefano here is because that's what I was tuning into with what you're saying is like doing the dishes there is like... Uh, anything you do, there's just like this, wow, I have a body. Like, wow, there's this awareness in me and everything I do. I'm a, I'm a fully autonomous like creature in this reality. So whether I'm parenting or playing or working, the copy vine helps me better integrate all the growth happening in my life and everything I do. These copy lozenges are non-impairing, 
and you can stay completely functional. It is an MAOI, which means if you're on any medications such as SSRIs, it's very important to speak with your doctor or physician. So if you're on the path of uncovering and creating your best self, Copy Vine is a powerful plant ally to have along with you. Check out copyhawaii.com. That's copy Hawaii. Uh, Hawaii is actually pronounced Hawaii by the native culture. Use promo code Jordan at copyhawaii.com for a special 15% off. That's C-A-A-P-I-H-A-W-A-I-I.com. Promo code Jordan, like Michael, 15% off to get started on your journey with this powerful plant ally. How'd I do? That's great. Thank you. You wanted to get that product yet? <laughs> you know, I actually have been wanting to try this, so now I have a promo code, so I'm going to do it. <laughs> Hell yeah. Awesome. <laughs> okay, so the last bit was uh, relational. Uh, channeling creativity into into the relational aspects of our lives. Now, I guess I was originally thinking when I wrote that relationships with our family, with our with people. But I suppose this could also mean our relationships with things. And what does it mean when we're embodying our highest creativity in things in 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 our relating with the external world? Who's first? So channeling our creativity in relating, whether that in be relating with, in relating with our, let's just say in relating with our external reality. How does creativity itself, we, we talked about the money aspect, we talked about the internal aspect, uh, that's like the sovereignty type of thing, but what about, what about with other people, with distractions, with blocks, with nature, with beautiful things? I think you could actually say that creativity is the relationship. Like wow. it is the mechanism of relating. Um, yeah, snaps on that. <laughs> Deep. Um, but really, though, because the act of of creativity is this um, like free flowing evolution uh, between this point of consciousness and this other point of consciousness. So whether that's happening in an internal way or that is what's happening between us, like right now, like you have created this space and we're all just in the moment actively in our creativity with one another and while this has this creative output of this podcast it also is actively creating more relationships between all of us as we're getting to know each other and see each other and for everyone that's listening they're having this opportunity to receive this and maybe they're inspired by it but it's it is like the essence of relationships and you were talking about like the drum circle before and the power of the cohesion the coherence that comes when we're all in that frequency you know i would say that there's something really powerful about frequency well there's a lot of really powerful things about frequency but um that creativity is also this like certain level of frequency um, and that as that is being expressed within the field, that is helping to bring coherence between us. And so when we're in that flow in relationships, it's because we're in that coherent frequency. And that is a creative act and experience. Wow. Beautiful. Yeah. When you have multiple people working together. Um, you get that uh, sense of oneness that you're one organism 
all figuring it out at the same time, all communicating non-verbally even. And um, to be able to do, in a sense, you know, looking at it, it might be, again, just like a, like a program, like synchronized swimming. But when people are all kind of doing it together, it actually becomes very liberating, and very freeing. Um, and being able to have creative response to situations, to people, to events happening um, is very liberating as well to be able to be able to move this direction or that direction and, and not get stuck no matter what the world is bringing you. Mm. That's incredibly sovereign right there just to be able to have that sense of being able to handle whatever's getting thrown at you. Adaptation. Yeah. And it gets back into like those rigid ways of thinking and rigid ways of moving. If we're just doing the same thing all the time and we get thrown something, we might not be able to solve the problem. Right. So creativity allows us the to adapt as fractals would adapt. And I feel like the practice of creativity, this is what I'm going to say in our relationship with the external world. And this is what I was processing with my wife last night because I had these wild ideas about what we can do with this creative creator sovereignty cohort and she was like maybe you should just do it once see how it goes and then like try implementing slowly these creative ideas and i i'm like i hear you and i know that that's what makes sense but to be real what i'm really trying to do here is live from my purest creative essence and trust in it <laughs> so it's like uh, as long as I'm putting the energy towards structuring it, not quite planning it, but knowing what it's supposed to be, slowly molding and forming it, then suddenly we're live and it becomes something that if I didn't trust in my creative foundation, like who, the fundamental part of me that hmm. creates the reality I live in, if I didn't trust in that, then it can't happen. It wouldn't happen. Like last week before we went live, there was a lot going on for me here and a lot to process. Uh, but we did it. There were failures, felt like a complete success in my book. And we all like, we left here, we still, we, we went to celebrate at the beach. And yeah, I had to edit a lot to get the podcast version uh, sounding decent. But point is, is trusting in you tapping into that creative flow that only you can tap into. And you have to be intuitive. You have to trust your gut. Your subconscious knows where it's going and what it leads to. And in my opinion, in my opinion, based on my experience, the more I think about it, the more I try to plan it, the more I try to understand it before it's happening, then, or before it's already happened rather, then it's not, it doesn't succeed. I mean, it doesn't accomplish the goals uh, to the point that they could be accomplished. And so just trusting in like surfing, right? Just ride the wave ride that wave until until it's over and then like gracefully to spark <laughs> <laughs> yeah that makes a lot of sense uh it, it goes back into channeling all that information like you're kind of visualizing all this information coming down that becomes you that you can show the world this is who i am this is what i can do and all that is very solidifying to be in this body and to be to feel like you have that sovereign power over your world. Mm -hmm. If you're constantly doing something for other people and 
not really being able to express yourself, you kind of lose in a part of yourself and you're not really going to feel embodied and then feel empowered and just doing these little bits of work, whether it's yoga, whether it's walking around, whether it's expressing your creative potential is going to make you feel more alive and embodied in this reality. And, and that in itself is going to feel empowering, you know, for what we want to accomplish and what we want to help build in the world around us. But if we're constantly doing something for somebody else and not expressing our creative potential, we're just going to get stifled. Yeah. We're going to get depressed. It's just natural. Yeah, I feel like that really taps into the significance of bringing creativity actively into our relationships with others. Um, and we've talked about like the rigidity piece, right? And we just get in these patterns and there's this uh, importance of openness that we need to have to be creative. And we need that in our relationships too. And it's like relationships break down when we just get stuck in these rigid patterns and mm. relationships flourish and expand when we can be open and creative in even just like pausing, you know, like you were talking about Stefano, like bringing in that allowance for yourself to feel your emotions and to let those tears flow as you're doing the dishes. Like if we can bring that kind of shift into our relationships with people, right, where we normally might be protected or, or closed off and we bring that openness, we are willing to be vulnerable. Um, we're willing to share more of ourselves, releasing shame like you were talking about on the beach. Um, um, this allows us to expand our relationships. And if we're not engaging in creativity for bettering our relationships in the world, then I would also say, what's the point? If I'm not satisfied by my creativity, what's the point? But also if we're not like improving our relationships, because I really feel like relationships are at the core of what this existence is all about. Like we're in relationship with everything, our relationships together as humans, our relationship to the earth, our relationship to culture. I love that you're like Hawaii. That's like how we say it here. That's how the Kanaka say it. That's a relational thing you did, right? To make sure to put that out there. Relationships are, are everything. So really bringing that openness and creativity to our relationships is, is key for the earth and for humanity. Um, yeah, creativity in relationships. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I, I get, I get, I get stuck. I get in moods, right? I get angry, but I'm, I get angry about stupid stuff all the time. When I get angry, man, I, I need to call on my creativity when I feel stuck and shut down because I've been in like a monotony rut um that's that's tough it's it's time to call in creativity when i'm uh you know taking taking time to spend with my kid right having the emotional juice to to be really present and playful um yeah yeah how, how do i use creativity in, in those moments um uh let's see here so I, I go back to breathing. I go back to remembering just how important relationships are and, and why I'm doing all this. Um, I go back to, I, I, I do, sometimes I make funny faces, uh, just like to myself. And I'll just like play through a different bunch of faces, try to scramble my pattern. Um, 
what else do I do? There's something. There's something here. There's something here. It's so like, I'm gonna chime in for a second. Go. Uh, making faces and being weird. Uh, <laughs> I was thinking about you as a kid at the grocery store. <laughs> you know, is that kind of like whoa? The <laughs> I have this thing where like. Uh, I used to do like a Snapchat story every morning, long time ago, and I would like just tell a story. I'd just be on a walk, I'd go on a hike every morning, and I would just like pretend I'm being chased by a monster or something, because you could put like doggy ears on your face or whatever, so I would <laughs> do different shots, and I'd be oh, the nice little boys walking in the street, oh, there's a monster in the bushes, and it was always so much fun, and like, you know, a hundred people saw it or whatever, but like... Uh, I've always had this thing where once I'm like in that flow state of the creativity, I've just got some voices and I've got characters that want to go to nice. Yeah. And one of those is the podcast announcer voice (laughs) that I keep wondering if he needs to show up on the show. (laughs) And, but the reason I bring it up is because that's like the relationship that I'm creating with the world through this podcast is like, okay, it's me. It's, it's that, but there's this podcast announcer voice that wants to come out. Right. And so I'm just wondering, is this just funny for me in the bathroom or is this like something to play on and become like, you know, a bit more entertaining? Oh, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. I I have, um, I'd see. Yeah. Okay. So there's creating magic moments and like choosing to step into that. And then I, but first I, I'm, I'm half Colombian. So I have, um, I have 12 aunts on my mom's side. She had, 12 sisters, right? 1950s in the farm on Columbia. That's what you did. You had a bunch of kids. Hopefully they were mostly males so that they could clean the pigs and all that stuff, but they were mostly females. Um, so I have a, uh, I have a, okay, happy family, get together. We're going to take a picture. Stefano, pay attention. Don't blink. <laughs> Don't blink, Stefano. Right. So I have like one of those. Th- those are really helpful, Jordan. Thanks for mentioning that. Um, uh but yeah just kind of like oh and you know what this kind of photography kind of helped me with this is like there's energy in each of the moments that kind of want to come through and to just listen i yeah it goes i guess maybe do less and and listen for it listen look for the magic and yeah i think that would be my my two cents on that is like sometimes Cosmo just needs someone to listen to him. Just look at him for for like a good 15 minutes to like, Oh, my words really do matter. And Mm -hmm. Whoa, I can craft stories and feel accepted. Yeah. Yeah. So, and, and that won't show up that obvious thing, right? Blaring through his mouth. Please listen to me. It won't show up if, if I'm not, if I'm not listening for it. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. It sounds like the attitude is, is also very playful, too, and that it goes back to being creative through play. Um, it's like when we learn something, you know, we can do it very repetitively, but if it's not done in a playful way, it take forever. But something that we learn through play or just playing around with ourselves, it, we get to understand the information that much quicker because it's more fun for us. So just like you having that kind of attitude. You know, and then that goes back to attitude because attitude is everything, too. And just the way we see things like I can talk about doing dishes right now for my life because I've been nursing a, a fractured wrist for 
you know, over a year where I, dishes were painful. Now I can actually do dishes that's not painful. It's exciting. It's like, oh my <laughs> gosh, I can do dishes again. But you, if you extrapolate that to anything else in your life and seeing how difficult it is for a lot of people to do things and just seeing how you can do it, that's liberating in itself too. It's not drudgery anymore. It's not, oh, I got to do it. Oh, I, I get to do it. I get to do this. And so that was that is really empowering uh, as well and how it can affect our attitude can affect all our relationships just naturally. When we have a good attitude about things, people are going to treat us differently. We're going to treat them differently. It's just it's a better situation when we are positive about things and channeling that creativity just helps bring all that about. Yeah, it's the old adage. It's like one of the first rules of the yogi is don't take yourself too seriously. Yeah. You know, like yeah. if you're taking yourself too seriously, then like, what's the point? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If every little thing has to be now, that said, to get by in this world, sometimes you do have to package yourself in a certain way. Mm -hmm. And that's just the reality. But that said, you can still do that right and still be lighthearted about your your failures, your successes, you know, the the hits and the misses and all the different things that come your way. So this is great. I feel like we're in a sauna in here. This is Hawaii <laughs> and that fan is doing absolutely nothing. <laughs> the beach is calling. We have a special sign off uh, today. Alicia is going to play a special song for us. And maybe you could introduce your musicianship in this song while uh, the producer gets up and sets up the, sets up the show. Okay. <laughs> Okay. Okay. So um, I'm going to take this pillow though. Yeah. Um, okay. So this song is a expression of me in my creativity. There's actually a great story that comes with this song where um, almost three years ago now, um, right after I had moved to Big Island, it was the Leo New Moon. And I was, I was going through some things. I was living on Kalapana, like on the lava. And that was a whole wild experience. Um, very transformative. And I had a mentoring session, um, with my mentor at the time. And I was just really like struggling with some like heavy blocks emotionally and mentally. And he was like, why don't you create a self-love ceremony? Um, and just really devote like some time and space to you with you and caring and loving for you. And I was like, this is a great idea. I'm going to do that. So I did that and I created space where I like kind of got myself like adorned and I like had music on and I was just dancing and moving and crying and sounding and just like in my freedom of expression, I kicked my partner out. I was like, you need to go away now. I need this space for myself. So I was alone and I'd had these chords and this melody that I had been like working with for a little while um, and I was like, well, definitely a part of my self-love ceremony has to be about creating space for me to be in my musical expression, because that is a big part of my heart and my soul and my joy. Um, and definitely my love and my love of myself being in that. So I created some space for that. And this song just like it just like channeled through like 90 percent of it complete. And then and that rest of the time of living out on the lava, I would go stand on the lava with my guitar, the wind, you know, all like the fiery, strong elements of being on the lava. And I would just jam out and sing loud. And it was so good. That's the story of how this song came to be. And it is another anthem 
them to help us on our, our journey that we're all flowing through in this wild world right now. So this song is called Regal Lions. In times like this, global crisis, you know we were made for this. It's why we
Thank you for joining us, everyone. You got me, Alicia. I'm <laughs> tearing up over here. Thank you, everyone. Check it out on the podcast apps, Sovereign States of Mind. See you next week. Thank you very much for listening. This podcast is available on all major apps. Please head over and follow there. And if you really like it, leaving a quick review and five stars is super helpful, especially on Apple Podcasts. SovereignStatesOfMind.com is a place you can put in your email to receive things to your inbox every week. These are updates. These are blog posts, anything related to this podcast and the theme of developing Sovereign States of Mind. SovereignStatesOfMind.com. You can also support the show there by becoming a monthly patron. My name is Jordan Herbs. You can find me on Twitter as Jordan Herbs, J-O-R-D-A-N-U-R-B-S. And I look forward to interacting with you and hearing a bit about your journey. If you're interested in coming on this podcast, don't hesitate to be in touch. Much love. Thanks for listening and we'll see you next time. Sovereign States of Mind.